Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They will be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You are encouraged to call in and share your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Are you ready for your dose of hope? You are listening to Pause IM Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause IM Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. I will be joined by my co-host, Jeremy Dunn, shortly. I want to thank you all for tuning in to our show this evening. We have an exciting guest coming on. Jeremy, are you with me? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Hi, how are I, you? I was out having a cigarette with Daniel, and, and I said, Daniel, please keep, you know, um, have make sure that you're keeping track of the time because, you know, the show starts at 9. And, um, well, he goes, oh, it's 9 o'clock. I'm like, get it. And because I left my phone <laughs> in my room, and anyway, so hello everybody from New York. Right? How does it feel to be in New York? It's fantastic. Right? This great. is your first show broadcasting from there. This is my first show. So, so here I have to say it. Live from New York, <laughs> it's Sunday night. Okay, I have to do it. I have. <laughs> it's Pop I Am Radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yes, everything is, is just swell, actually. So how, are, how is New York? Um, New York is fantastic. It really is. Is it everything they say oh, about? It, it is. It, it is. It is definitely the center of the universe. Well, that's good. It, it is absolutely the center of the universe. Um, so... I got, when was the last time we were on air? Um, two weeks ago, actually, when we had the guy from the Stigma Project on. That's right. So I have to tell um, our listening audience what happened to me. Spill. <laughs> What's that? Spill it. <laughs> um, I had a really bad car accident and um, totaled my Jeep. And that was uh, the night before that I was actually supposed to leave, um, or the two days before that I was supposed to leave for um, New York. So I had to move date back a little bit. Uh, I went, uh, I had fallen asleep. It was late at night, and I was driving home. And I fell asleep, and I went through a guardrail. And the Jeep tried to do a chitty-chitty-bang-bang. Just so you know, Jeeps don't fly. Um, That's right. uh, They didn't get their wings. (laughs) No, exactly. I flipped my Jeep and landed 100 feet into some woods. Holy Lord. Yes. 
the the jeep itself is is gone. They uh, it took them two hours about uh, the fire department and the paramedics two hours to get me out of the vehicle. Did they use the jaws of life? Uh, they did. They even used some bandsaws to uh, because they had to cut the roll bar out and they had to cut um, some doors off. So, wow. yeah. Yeah, uh, the window was kicked, uh, pushed out, the airbags were all out. and um, It was, I had knocked my head, and it, actually I still have a lump on my head, um, even now. Um, it still hurts a little bit. My ribs are still bruised. Uh, but other than that, I, I'm surviving. Well, that's, you know, horrible news, but I'm glad that you're okay. You're obviously here for a reason. Yeah, I must be, because uh, if you see the if you see the if you see the car, um, it's it's amazing that someone would be alive after that. Well, you're, you have a mission, my friend. I I I think I do, I think I do, and uh, I'm I'm hopefully going to fulfill that mission. So I am now in New York, and I don't even need a car. <laughs> Things happen for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, well, that's good. So, how's uh, Daniel? Is everything good there? Daniel's good. He's in his room. Um, he's watching a movie. He's, you know, my roommate. I have a roommate. You should. He should be listening to our radio show, not watching a movie. I know. I know. <laughs> Charlie's in oh. here with me. Oh, that was the that was rabbit that I just squeaked on. Well, that's good. Well, I'm glad that you know things are at least looking up, and the new transition for you is is you know is is now on a good note. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's it's definitely on a good note. So, um, uh, so what's going on with you? What's happening? What's happening in your world? Nothing much, you know, just kind of going through the motions. As you know, we're both going through the same kind of transitional period in our lives. And yeah. um, today, actually, I was supposed to start um, playing softball for, you know, um, a gay fall league. And uh, it's something that Sean does uh, on a regular basis. He plays softball. And I was kind of nervous about it. And this morning when we woke up, there was a message that said that um, – the fields were flooded with water, so we didn't have games. So I was kind of excited <laughs> because I was really nervous. I'd never played softball before or, you know, like, I mean, I played with, like, friends, like baseball, wiffle ball, things like that. But to actually play for a team, it was a little intimidating for me because I'm so used to playing soccer where I know everybody and it's kind of, you know, how it goes. And to have, like, a whole new circle of people to be introduced to and to be the new guy who's, stuck in right field where they stick all the shitty people. <laughs> I was a little concerned about that um, because, you know, I, I just never played. Um, and they canceled the game, so today I was able to go and get, you know, the right cleats for softball, a glove for softball. I had a wonderful dinner that Sean cooked for me tonight. Um, it was, oh, just, you know, it was a really, really good day. Um, he made um, – what did he make? We had a vegetable medley with pasta, and then he had uh, – we had steak – and we also had, um, what do they call that, the mozzarella and tomato salad with basil and vinegar or whatever, balsamic mm. vinegar on top of it. It was yeah. really, really fucking good. 
Did I just say that? <laughs> I oh, think it really just good. did. It was really, really good. Did. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was good. And then um, tomorrow I have to get up early. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert just said the F word on air. It was probably the first time I ever said it, too. So whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, put five dollars in a swear jar. I spoke with my I spoke with our guest Dee uh, this afternoon, and I was kind of giving her a, a roundabout of what we would talk about. And she's like, "I promise I won't curse." And I was like, "That's okay. You can curse if you want. I never curse." And then here I go. And way to start the show off on a good note. <laughs> exactly. But other than that, I have a, an interview tomorrow, uh, so hopefully that'll go well. I'm hoping to hear back. I mean, I've been putting out applications everywhere, and I haven't gotten anything back. And it's kind of disheartening, you know what I mean? Because I know I'm I'm good at, at these positions that I'm applying for, and these people I feel like they aren't giving me um, like a shot at all. Like they never even call me back for an interview. Like I, I don't know. It's just like I have the experience. Why wouldn't you call me back for an interview? Right. You know what I mean? Especially if you're hiring. So it kind of, like, pissed me off a little bit, but there's really nothing that I can do about it. I, I have a feeling that maybe these people will not hire me to work in their um, their businesses because I'm very open about my HIV status. It's on my resume that, you know, we host the show and, you know, we run Paz I Am and all that good stuff. So it just makes me wonder if maybe that is what's holding them back from calling me for an interview. It could be, and that's you know what I mean. And my yeah. mom's like, "Well, you, you don't have to. You don't have to include it." And I'm like, "Mom, if they Google the name, they're going to see it. Like, if you Google yeah. my name, the first thing that comes up is my Twitter that I blog for thebody.com and my Does HIV Look Like Me video. Oh, like there's no hiding it. And every employer nowadays will Google the person's name. They always do. They so, always you know, do. It is what it is. What is it? It is what it is. If they don't want to hire me, that's on them. No, but what is it? You know it? what I mean? Like, what is what? The position? No, what is it that it is? I don't know. It is what it is. I, I can only deal with what they do. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. You're trying to be a I'm funny a, person tonight. I'm, I'm <laughs> funny. I am funny, yes. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I, mean, am, I am humorous. For me... It shows leadership. I mean, and that's why I've kept it on my resume. And if a company doesn't want to hire me because of my HIV status, then I don't think I really want to work for that company. Uh, I don't blame you. You know what I mean? Why should I hide? So who knows? We actually do have our guest on. So I'm going to go ahead and bring our guest on. I'm really excited because we're going to cover a topic tonight that we've only covered once on the show before. But I don't think we actually really covered it as extensively as we're going to tonight. So tonight we are going to be speaking with um, a wonderful woman by the name of Dee Barago, and I'm sure I probably said her name wrong, so please let's welcome Dee. Is it Barago? It's Barago, yeah. yeah. Barago. Yeah. How you doing, girl? <laughs> good, good. How are you guys? So, we're, How are you doing? Uh, well, I'm fabulous, minus some bruised ribs, but hey. Oh yeah, I, I, I was listening to the first few minutes here, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so terrible." I hope he's doing okay. So, I, I hope you, I hope you get better better soon. 
Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. I'm yeah. laid up. I've got, I'm in a body cast right now, so, you know. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> you poor, poor child. <laughs> exactly. Dee, I just Bye. want to say that it was really great to meet you at the uh, at the IAC. Oh, it was lovely meeting you guys, too. I was, I've been listening to Paz AM Radio off and on uh, for a while now, and it's definitely a wonderful resource, so I'm really honored that you asked me to be part of this, so thank you. Um, you know, and especially since you said you haven't really talked about transgender people or issues specifically facing transgender HIV positive people, you know, I, this is a great opportunity, so thank you. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I, thank you for being on the I show. Have to, I have to mimic kind of what Jeremy said is that, you know, definitely one of the highlights of, of the conference for me was meeting you there. You know what I mean? And it was totally unexpected. I wasn't sure that you were going to be there. I don't even know if you knew that we were going to be there. But just giving you that hug and saying hello to you, for me, it, w- it was one of the highlights. Oh, well, you're very sweet to say so. It was a big highlight for me getting to meet you guys and, you know, just getting to meet all the wonderful people that I met while I was there. Um, it was actually my first chance to go to the international conference, um, like a lot of people who were there. and. Mm-hmm. It was really life-changing, you know, getting to see the impact of the work that's being done both nationally and internationally, you know, to combat this epidemic. You know, it's really, it it helps motivate me to keep trying to do what I'm doing, which, you know, it certainly can be disheartening when, you know, a lot of the work I've done over the last few years, you know, certainly isn't paid. Um, It's a lot of volunteer work, but it's, work I do out of the love of my heart and because I care about the issues and, you know. I have to say, I think it's those activists, like all of us, who do the work that we do and don't get paid to do it, you know what I mean, are the ones that are really, I want to say, making the impact and really, you know, helping people because we're not driven by money. We're driven by our hearts. Exactly. You know, I'm... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm in this for the money, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Well, okay, Ma- Mama could use some too, so, you know, send some my way to get it. Exactly. Oh, Ten inch so stilettos. Five inch stilettos will be fine, but, you know. <laughs> so, oh, that's five inch stilettos? Well, you know, I'm short. I'm, I'm, I'm a short girl, so I, I tend to like the higher heels if I can. <laughs> <laughs> But but most most specifically, diamond. You know, you are a girl after my own heart. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, there's nothing quite as good as that. But you know, I digress. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh, so let's start it off with um, oh shit. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I said curse twice tonight. See, I told yeah. you I wouldn't curse. I, I, I was gonna. I, was gonna do, I, I noticed that earlier. I was like, huh? I thought. I never have heard Robert swear on the air, and he said he wasn't going to, but okay, well, hey. How much wine did you have with dinner tonight? I did have uh, I did have some wine with dinner tonight, so that will be my <clears throat> reason for why I may have um, spoken so abruptly, I guess. So let, let's talk a, a little bit about, um, about you, Dee. That's why you're here. Um, tell us a little bit about what made you go get tested for HIV when you were 28 years ago. Um, well, it was when I was 20, um, so I had actually been in a relationship for um, a couple months, maybe, with a gentleman, and 
we had some issues. Let's put it that way. That's a, a nice way to put it. Um, you know, we were, um, I we were both at the time using drugs, and you know, it wasn't really the shining moment of my life. Let's put it this way. And we'd been together for a while, and I left. It was the holiday time, and I left to go visit my family, and ended up getting really sick, and went to the emergency room. They had no idea what was wrong with me. I was just very, very sick. Um, and they eventually sent me home and said, we don't know what's wrong, come back. If it doesn't get any worse, or if it gets worse, please come back. Um, at that point, I became a little suspicious, um, given my own knowledge of HIV, that that could be the possibility. And I knew that I hadn't had, I hadn't been practicing safe sex consistently with this partner because I had asked him his status, and he told me he was negative. And I had recently been tested and also tested negative, so I didn't really see any reason why he would lie to me. He said he loved me. So I believed him and wasn't super vigilant about my condom usage. Um, at any rate, I ended up coming back to Boston, which is where I live, and confronted him about being so sick and told him about it, and that, that was when he actually chose to disclose to me that he was HIV positive. And he told me that he had just found out, and because of it, he had started using drugs again, because we had actually gotten clean together briefly. And I told him that I was very upset, that he could have potentially infected me, and that if he had known why hadn't we used protection and whatnot, um, it turned into a very violent situation um, and a very traumatic one. He actually pulled a knife on me and it was a very scary, scary situation. Um, I ended up leaving him and getting very far away from him and broke off contact with him completely. Um, and that was sort of my motivating factor to go and get tested. Um, so I went right after my 21st birthday um, to get tested and about two weeks later, I was called into my doctor's office. Um, I had actually chosen to get tested at my local doctor's office. Um, so there wasn't really any specialized training by, on the part of the doctor or the staff there to accommodate testing for HIV. I mean, they had the test available, but they didn't have... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, they didn't really have any support systems in place to help anyone who might test positive, which when I did, they handed me two pieces of paper, one with information about what HIV is and another with the information of the local AIDS service organization in the area. And that was it. And they said, we cannot treat you here. <laughs> so that was my wonderful introduction into the world of HIV. I was wow. destroyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was destroyed and just started crying hysterically. Um, they actually had to call some my best friends to come and pick me up to drive me home because I was unable to drive myself. And I cried for about three days. Um, that became the motivating factor, actually, for me to disclose my status to my parents and to my friends that I was positive and was dealing with addiction and that I identified as transgender. Um, Holy smokes. Okay. So, so, <laughs> I, so, yeah. so. So <laughs> you're diagnosed, mm -hmm. you have addiction issues, 
and you're coming out as as, as transgender. Yeah, I I gave wow. I gave my parents the one two three punch, but I rationalized it to myself as well. I know all of these three things to be true about myself, and if I want to live a healthier life, then I need to stop lying about who I am, and I need to stop lying to the people who matter to me. So is it better to give them this information over time, parsed out, and continue to hurt them, or is it better to give them it all at once and theoretically get the pain over with? Which was the option I chose, you know, for better or for worse. Rip that Band-Aid off quickly, right? Yeah, you know. um, In in retrospect, maybe not the greatest choice I could have made, but we make the choices we make with the best information we have. Um, So, Um, Absolutely right. Yeah. So so So, what did you do? What did I do after I was diagnosed? Well, so what did... What did you do? Um, I mean, you told your parents, you know, and 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 mm-hmm. how did you cope with the fact that you, you know you're coming, to, you, you you were diagnosed with HIV positive, you've got these addiction issues, um, and you you were finally being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. How did you cope with these things? What what did you do? What was your coping method? Um, well, I I used a lot of therapy. Um, for me, that was really helpful to reach out to a private therapist um, and just have a lot of one-on-one sessions with her. And I also reached out to some support groups. Um, I was fortunate that here in Boston, we actually have a group called the Pause 20s group. Um, and it's a weekly... Well, it, at the time it was weekly. I think now it's bi-weekly. I'm not actually certain. Um, meeting for HIV-positive people here in Boston in their 20s. Um, it's mostly gay men and bisexual men. Um, mm-hmm. So the years there's been myself, who is an open trans woman, and uh, one or two other women who've joined. But I found that to be really the key um, for myself. Uh, I did a lot of online research and reaching out to communities, but it was 2005, and there certainly were resources available on the internet, but certainly there weren't as much as there wasn't as much then as there is now. Um, so, yeah. Now, wow. um, when you talked about um, addiction issues, I know for me, I dealt with <clears throat> an addiction to cocaine and meth, and I actually went to uh, Narcotics Anonymous or NA for um, for help, did you seek anything like a 12-step program for your recovery? Um, I did, to a, a little bit. Um, I actually personally found going into the NA and AAMA kinds of programs to be helpful, but only to a certain point for myself. Um, so it's certainly something that I know many people in the rooms and many people who've used those programs to great success, and I certainly wouldn't disparage them in any way, shape, or form. But for me personally, it wasn't exactly the right choice. Um, there was a lot of times I would attend the meetings and would leave feeling more inclined to want to go out and use drugs than I did before I walked into the meeting. And so I, for myself, I found that it was more helpful to go to them on occasion when I thought it would be helpful 
and to rely more on other social supports I had, like my therapist and the support group for people with HIV. And I would go to the Boston Living Center, um, which is a place and organization here in Boston where positive people can go and get psychosocial support, you can get meals, um, a lot of other wonderful things. Um, So I utilized a lot more of those kinds of resources than going into the NA, um, AA kind of programs. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's, you know, I, I kind of want to shift gears just a, a tad, okay? Sure. Um, and, and ask you about being a trans woman mm-hmm. and HIV positive. Mm-hmm. What is it like? I mean, it, it, tell tell me as as a as a gay man, way gay um, man. Go on. I'll get you for that. <laughs> no comments on that. God will get you for that, Robert. Oh. Um, uh, but you know, because let let's let's face it. There's stigma and judgments made about being HIV positive. There's equal amount of stigma stigma, stigma and judgment regarding being a a, a trans transgender person. You know, it, it, either trans trans man or trans woman. Mm-hmm. And then when you add HIV on top of all of that, well, what it's certainly is a recipe that makes life more complicated. It, it, it certainly does. So it, it explain to explain to me and our listeners what it's like. Well, um, I can really only speak from my own experiences, um, but it can be a really big challenge. Um, you know, a lot of times when I venture out and do things in my daily life or whatnot, you know, I encounter, (coughs) excuse me, I'm sorry, I encounter a lot more challenges being a trans woman than being openly HIV positive. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, certainly because gender is something that is so easily read and so easily known and needed to be known by people on the street or wherever, um, I think that that makes it a lot more prevalent, I guess, for lack of a clearer word, to deal with the transphobia issues that I experience um, and the discrimination that I experience as a trans woman versus being an HIV-positive woman. Um, Interesting. I, I mean, I think they both... It, it depends where what arena you're talking about. Um, I know Robert was talking earlier about the difficulty he's having with finding employment, being an openly HIV-positive person, which I certainly have experienced myself. Um, It can be really challenging being such an open figure and figurehead for your community when you still need a job, you still need to pay the rent. Um, And employers and the general public can sometimes be a little wary if for no other reason than there's not enough education out there about what it means to be living with HIV in the 21st century. You know, it's it's not 1982 anymore. It's not 
it's not what it used to be. And I think that I know at least from my own experience, I still had a really poor understanding of what it meant to be HIV positive when I was diagnosed. I still had a lot of misconceptions. And I think that that's still pretty prevalent. Um, so it's it's a really complicated question to see how trans how being trans and positive, you know, plays into everything and makes life more complicated. And you know, I I wish there was a simple answer I could give you, but you know, it's a lot of little things like taking the subway and people will stare or laugh uh, mm-hmm. or say inappropriate things. Um, you know, it's there, there's a lot of nuances to it, I suppose. Well, you know, from, from, I mean, it's, the gender thing is always, you know, on the tip of everybody's mind. You know, it's... Well, that's because it's visible, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's the, um, when you're looking at a, uh, you know, a survey, Mm -hmm. gender, male, female. Exactly. You know, it's it's the, the it, there's a checkbox for those things, and when you're when you're a trans woman or a trans man, there's no checkbox. Not not often. I mean, yeah. sometimes, but it's much like, more rare to find a box that you can check. And there's a huge section, I guess, for lack of a clearer term or segment, rather, of the trans population that doesn't necessarily identify with either male or female, and what should these people do? You know, it's... Human beings, I think, have a tendency to try to put people, excuse me, into labels and boxes, and trans people become the ultimate victims therein, so... Sorry. Let me ask you this, because I know, you know, as, as a gay male, when I... The, um, you know, they ask you if you are in a relationship, not in a relationship. Well, they ask me things like if I have a spouse or if I'm married, and I'll say part. Like I'll literally draw in a box and exit and write partnered next to it. So I'm curious: is that something that you would do? Actually, draw in a box and put trans woman or you know whatever you want to identify as? Is that something that you would do, or do you just not answer the question? Um. Well, personally, I wouldn't usually write in. Um, okay. I would tend to omit answering the question if at all possible. Um, right. I, I mean, it, I guess I'm a very situational person in so much as it depends on what the form is for. Right. Um, you know, and given my druthers, if it's not a legally binding document, then I will just always answer female because my, pers- my gender identity is female. Um right. And I don't personally feel that I need to put in something that says male to female or right. trans or a trans woman in there. So if I'm ever given that option, that's always the option I choose because I also don't believe that denying my gender history is something that's healthy for me. You know, and there's certainly difference of opinion within the trans community even. There's some trans people who will complete their transition and then live stealth, as they call it, where the people in their immediate lives don't know, per se, that they're transgender. Right. And, you know, that's certainly a legitimate choice that's the right choice for some people. For me personally, that's not the right choice. I tend to, I'm sorry, 
I tend to be very open and forthcoming with my own gender history, but that's not the case with every trans woman. No, that makes sense. So here's a question for you. I know, like, and I'm sure, you know, this relates to you as well, but when people, you know, HIV positive people are sitting watching TV and, you know, we're finally represented by people that we see on reality shows, whether it's um, Mondo or it was Jack or it was Angina or just recently Jamar Rogers, Mm -hmm. um, we are ecstatic because there's finally somebody that we can relate to on television in a reality show where usually, you know, we're the tip- they have the typical, you know, gay man who is just typically a big flame, you know what I mean, and not necessarily somebody with substance who may be living with HIV. So what was it like for you first to see Chaz Bono come out and, you know, go through her- his transition? And then what was it like for you to actually see them and have that conversation started? Because, you know, when he was on Dancing with the Stars, it was, a, it was a conversation starter. People were talking about what it was like to be transgender. What was that it like was, for you to see? Um, it was actually a really exciting period I felt within trans history. Um, like, even my mother was always commenting to me about, you know, did you, have you read Chaz Bono, Bono's book? You know, I heard he was on The View, he was on TV, and, you know, it's, I, I think I really commend Chaz for being so out there and forthcoming from the very get-go about what's going on with his transition because that's a really hard place to be, and especially as someone in the public light like he is, you know. I, I thought it was wonderful. Um, you know, I, I watched the show a little bit, not that much. I'm not a huge Dancing with the Stars fan, but I watched a few episodes. <laughs> Um, but I, I also watched a few episodes when Margaret Cho had been on because I'm a fan of hers as well. So right. But but, but it I, opened I, a dialogue where you said between you and your grandma was it your grandmother who you said called my, you? My mother. My mom. Your mother. Uh, okay, so yeah, your mother had opened up a dialogue that maybe you know maybe would not have been there. I, exactly. You know, it's it's been a process for my parents to learn to accept the transgender that I'm transgender. You know, and right. It's gone better and it's gone worse, and I'm glad to say that things are generally pretty good right now, and we get along and we love love each other and are able to be in the same room together, and that's always a good thing. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so, you know what that's like it, every it, family. <laughs> you know, it's like it, you know, it, I love you, I hate you. <laughs> it's that love hate relationship. Exactly. You know, but it it did it certainly opened up conversations with a lot of other people besides just my mother. Um, you know, it really opened up a lot of dialogue, dialogue I think, on the national scene. Um, mm-hmm. I think the promotion and visibility within the media of transgender people and transgender children and the fact that this is an actual segment of the population of our country and of our planet and their existence is just as valid as everyone else's is really exciting, you know, to think that, you know... In 50 years, it could be completely different, and trans people have equal rights under the law as everyone else in all circumstances, you know, because that's certainly not the case now, and there's not legal protections in all places. Um, So I I have a lot of hope that things like this or like Lana Wachowski, um, who recently came out as transgender, you know, I'm very hopeful that the continuation of celebrities and people who are prominent in the media being open about their transgender identity will continue to 
stop discrimination and stigma and people can understand that we're just like everybody else. We have the same hopes, dreams, fears. You know, there's really the only difference between a trans person I found and someone who is not transgender is someone who's not transgender has a gender identity and picture of themselves in their head that matches their body. You know, right. and I don't have that. You know. Life but is you more now. people Right. What's that? Oh, and I think, but that doesn't make me any less of a person. And that doesn't make my experience any less valid than anyone else's. I agree. Right. At the end of the day, we're all humans. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what we need to keep in mind when we talk about the rights for people. You know, it's, it's a human right to be able to live your life the way that you want and not feel like you're being judged every single day. So I commend you and respect you and love you. And I just think it's amazing that, you know, you're able to be fearless. And, and I think more people need to, to take notes from you to be fearless, whether they're transgender or not, because not everybody will come on the show and talk about themselves being HIV positive. And I just think it, it is an amazing thing that you do. Oh, well, thank you. I I love you guys, too. And, you know, I mean, I'm I'm certainly not fearless. I have plenty of fears in my life. But I, I've learned how to say, well, I can either sit here and keep being afraid or I can try to do something about it. Right, right. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I, who, FDR had it right. There's nothing to fear but fear itself, so... Exactly, exactly. So let's let, let's bring the HIV aspect back into this. Oh, certainly. So, dating. Mm-hmm. What's it like <laughs> um, when you, what, what's, it, what, what's the dating thing like? Because, um, um, well, da- dating is, dating is interesting. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it can be, it's, <clears throat> It's got its pluses and minuses, certainly. Um, you know, sex is fun, <laughs> so that's that's a perk. But you know, it, it's it's a very big challenge. Um, <laughs> you know, when I meet a new guy um, within my own sexuality, I don't personally like to find any sort of label that's conventional for it. Um, out of simplicity and out of need, I identify as straight because. I identify as a female who is interested in males and male-identified people. But a lot of people take confusion and issue because gender and sexuality are so interconnected and intertied in the thoughts right. of most people. Even though they are really separate concepts and ideas, they're so intertwined to most people that I usually just say I like boys. I like guys, if anyone asks, but... You know, it's really complicated because when I meet a guy, you know, depending on how I've met them um, or where I meet them, you know, I nearly always have to disclose my HIV status, which tends to be the thing I disclose last to someone. Um, I tend to disclose that I'm transgender beforehand because if you can't deal with that, then why should I bother telling you that I have HIV is the way I look at it personally. <clears throat> so is, do you think it's easier to disclose that you're transgender than it is HIV positive? Um, slightly. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's easier per se. Um, I think they're both really hard. And mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't think one is easier than the other. I think one of them <clears throat> is more 
pertinent in some ways than the other because because I interact with guys who are bisexual and straight mostly, I need to make sure that they're going to be okay with dating a transgender woman. Um, I've personally not had any surgical interventions, so I need to make sure they're going to be okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. So I need so that's for me that's the primary concern. Um, and if they can, if they're okay with this, then as we progress on, I'll disclose to them that I'm HIV positive. You know, and unfortunately, I've, I've got to say most guys are not okay with it. You know, I'd say probably if I talk to 10 guys, maybe one of them will not have an issue with me being, maybe five of them will not have an issue with me being trans. And of those five, maybe one will not have an issue with me having HIV. <laughs> wow. So um, we are literally 20 minutes uh, to the end of the hour. Okay. And we want to open right. the phone lines at uh, 347-215-9442. Uh, we are talking with, okay, D, how do you say, say your last name? D. Perego. D. Perego. Yeah, it, it, okay, so, I'm, I'm okay, here, Mexican. So. Here's what we're going to do. We are talking with <laughs> D. Perego. D. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was trying to get wow, D to say it. that one. Um, Um, and uh, we are going to open the phone lines up now and again that phone number is 347-215-9442 we have a question in the chat room actually Um, the question is when you take them um, being pause and trans and a trans woman do the HIV meds and HRT regimens work fine together, or do you take them at at completely different sep- or at separate times? Um, well, I'm actually not currently on HIV medications. Um, I'm actually incredibly fortunate and blessed to say that my immune system is very, very healthy, and my viral load count is fairly low. Um, so I'm treatment naive, as they say. Um, so I can't personally speak to that. Um, but a lot of the girls that I know who are positive and transgender, um, some of them take them at the same time. Um, it also depends how you choose to take your um, hormone therapy. Um, for some trans women, we use injectables, injectable estrogen. Some of us take pills. Some of us wear a patch, an estrogen patch. Um, so the different delivery methods, you know, can work with the HIV meds quite well. Um, it's something that certainly needs to be monitored with a doctor. Um, you know, the interaction, especially within the liver, can be something that really needs to be monitored. And doctors are certainly on my case about making sure I don't smoke because of the dangers associated with. Um, oh, goodness, what's that word? An embol- not an embolism, but um, blood clots. That's the word. I apologize. The pulmonary, um, yeah, pulmonary embolism. Yes, thank you. There are definitely concerns about that um, with smoking and hormone replacement therapy. But personally, that's basically the only thing I concern myself with. So. Wow. Well, uh, um, yeah, I smoke. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> We're all trying to quit. <laughs> we are. We are. Some days are better than others. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I don't oh, want to quit, though. 
<laughs> it's hard. We don't I, have I, to. Yeah. See, I, I if I if I could, I wouldn't. But my doctors are certainly on my case that I need to. So I'm trying. Not going particularly well right now, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> some days. <laughs> I think that's um pretty amazing. And I have to say, um, D, you are beautiful inside and out. And if somebody hasn't told you that lately, I wanted to tell you that. I think that you are an inspiration to many people, especially the transgender community, to come out and share your story like this. And I just think you're an amazing person. Um, oh, so well, I just had to tell you too. that now. And, and I'm, also, I mean, I, I, thankful, I'm also thankful to say you're not the only one who said that recently. I just met a nice, good. nice guy. That's good to know. I, I you met a nice guy? nice guy, and yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I I don't know, but he's very sweet and very complimentary, so I, I'm a fan of that. So <laughs> who is it? Oh, white girl doesn't like getting a compliment though. So wow, <laughs> she's got a man. Well, not yet, not yet. He's nothing official. He, we, we've gone on a couple of dates, and he's very sweet. So we'll see what happens. So um. The one of the questions coming to me on Twitter is asking if uh, you actually have a Twitter account so they can follow you. I do. Uh, my Twitter account is at Devara, um, which is spelled D as in dog, E V A R A H. Um, that's actually my name. My name is Devara, but everybody just calls me D because Devara is a little difficult for most people to pronounce. Um, so D E V A R H. A R A H. Yeah. Um, it's, if you look at the article or the blog posting that you have for this interview, it actually has uh, has my name spelled correctly. So it's just at gotcha. Devara. So. Oh, okay. There you are. I mean, yes, I'm. I'm not much of a tweeter. I just started getting into it actually uh, when I was at the international conference. Um, I was actually very grateful to be one of the media delegates for the U.S. Positive Women's Network. Um, which is an amazingly wonderful organization that I was actually one of the founding members of. Um, and it's, it's a national network of by, organized by and for HIV positive women. And I was actually the only trans woman at the table in, when the organization was convened. Um, not the only one there now, of course, which is awesome. But um, they had asked me to do some tweeting and got me much more involved in the social media aspect of uh, the epidemic, which is something that I'm really interested in, and I intend to get much more active with it in the coming months. So. Uh, what was the name of that organization? Uh, the U.S. Positive Women's Network, the PWN. They were actually Gosh. one of the co-sponsors for the international conference here in D.C. So. I see. Wow. Wow, okay. <clears throat> um the, the what what would you like to see if you could wave a magic wand? Dee's holding the magic wand, mm-hmm. and you could wave it. Mm-hmm. What would you like to see happen in the next five years for for the transgender community as whole, as a whole, specifically those who are HIV positive? What if if you could wave that wand and 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 have what would you like to see in the next five years? Oh, that's a big question. Um, hmm. Well, I think if I could 
if I could do that and wave a magic wand, I'd want to see continued inclusion. I'd want to see actual legislation being put on the books that protects trans people and our rights and makes life in this country easier for HIV-positive trans women to access the services and and care that they need. Um, You know, right now it's very difficult to get insurers to cover um, hormone and transition-related medical costs. So I want to see that go away. I want want it best to be able to have our insurance cover these things by law. I want to be able to go to apply for any job in any city in any state and not get, not be potentially denied employment just because I'm transgender. I want to be able to go for housing wherever I want in any city and state and not worry that my landlord will not rent to me because they don't like me. You know, I, I want to see ADAP waiting lists go away so all the people and trans women especially who need to be able to get access to HIV meds get them so they can stay healthy. I want to see the police law, the police targeting of sex workers stopped and the elimination of laws that make it a crime to carry more than a certain number of condoms to be eliminated. That's a huge issue facing trans women where we really didn't even get a chance to talk about how sex work impacts trans women and makes us even more vulnerable for HIV infection um, exposure. Um, So I want to see that go away. I want to see trans people be able to actually get employment and not have to resort to survival sex work to survive. Um, yeah, see, I have a lot. <laughs> you shouldn't give me power like this. I'll keep going. <laughs> no, you, you, you get the power, you know? It's true. As I was say, I'm just like, oh, my list will keep going. <laughs> so, so, you know. see, can you... Elaborate a little bit more um, in detail about, um, you know, the law about the amount of condoms that one carries. Like, tell us a little bit more about that because it's something that I'm really not familiar with and I've only heard about it maybe once or twice. Um, Well, I'm certainly, I'm not an expert in this particular subject, um, but I can certainly speak to what I know about it. Um, And I know that the laws are different in varying states. Um, I've heard about in New York City, um, I'm not certain of the exact number, but if a person is stopped and they're found to have more than, I I don't know the number, so I, I want to say five, but I'm not certain of that number, um, then they can be arrested potentially for intention to work as a sex worker because they're, or for intention to solicit because they have enough more condoms on them than is quote unquote deemed necessary. Um and this another state, any person, right? Not just a yeah. transgender woman. Yeah. It could be right. anyone. Yeah. Not not just transgender women, but it's being mostly and unfairly targeting transgender women and especially transgender women of color, um, who are also one of the most vulnerable populations to HIV infection in this country. Um, there's unfortunately no statistics, no definitive national statistics about the rates of HIV infection among the transgender population in the U.S. because we just don't know how many trans people there are to begin with. And the CDC, unfortunately, had been classifying trans women under men who have sex with men for a very long time. Um, 
so there's just not the data available to tell us really what the epidemic looks like, but there's evidence and surveys and whatnot that suggests that prevalence in trans communities could be as high as 75%. So it's a huge epidemic, and especially among uh, women of, <clears throat> excuse me, trans women of color, it's monstrously epidemic. Um, going back to talking about the sex workers persecution, I also have heard that in Texas, um, carrying more than three sex toys is a crime. I'm, I'm not certain, again, of the number. I apologize. Oh, I should have John, done my research a little better. <laughs> well, don't, John, don't, you don't can't get, go don't there. Or just be careful, because you can get arrested for having too many of them. So, it, <laughs> you know, another barrier that inhibits even prevention efforts in a place like Texas, because right. if an educator has too many condoms on them because they're going to be distributing them, you know, they run risk of being arrested for solicitation and then having those and the uh, sex toys with them for educational purposes. You know, it, it's a little messed wow. up. <laughs> I guess that's, that's a crazy. Shortened, shortened version. There's a lot of really unfair persecution against uh, sex workers and a lot of discrimination against sex workers in this country. And, you know, as transgender people, a lot of times it's near impossible for us to find employment in the mainstream community. You know, when you have all of your legal documents stating a, a male birth or a male identified gender and a male name, but you live your life full time as a female with a female name, it can be really challenging to find an employer who will work with you and work with that. Um, wow. So... You know, it forces a lot of us in the trans community to go into sex work because there is no other way to support oneself. You right. Know, so mean, here's a question. Here's a question I have for you. Um, we, we talked a little bit about this earlier. What are some words or terms that should not be used when you're speaking about your transgender friends? Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, <laughs> Probably the most important word that you should not generally use with the trans community is the word tranny. Um, there's a division of opinion to, a, within, to an extent within the trans community itself. Um, there are some parts of my community that find it incredibly offensive and derogatory, um, on par with the N-word or the F-word or any of the other horrendous words that we all know. Um, but there's other segments within the community that don't feel quite as strongly about it and to to some extent have tried to reclaim the word and its usage sort of along the lines of queer, <clears throat> excuse me, and its usage within the gay community. Um, so it it can be a bit of a divisive subject, but in general it's considered to be a really offensive term that's bandied about and thrown about everywhere. And... A lot of people think it's completely harmless, but to some of us, it's a really, really offensive term. So, that's good to know because a lot of people don't know that, and I know that a lot of gay friends of mine who, you know, have seen somebody who is transgender has used that word. So that's kind of now something that I put up there. You know, like we spoke earlier, D, with 
um, saying the word fag or saying the N-word. These are words that I find that are inappropriate and should never be used. I, I concur. And so now that I know that, I'll use that as a tool to educate people who are using it in the wrong way. You know, and saying like, oh, wow, you're being such a tranny, you know, carries with it a lot of stigma and discrimination, saying it suggests that it's not a good thing to be. And, you know, it suggests that trans people are not deserving of being even human. They're less than, you know, and that's, right. that's one of the reasons I find it to be fairly offensive. Well, I mean, I, I personally don't get up hugely in arms over if someone uses it because I recognize that everyone has the right to choose their own words, but I personally do not use it. Right. We're actually down to the last three minutes before we end the show. So, do I have uh, – it's kind of a double question for you, too. Um, one is, what would you say to somebody who is newly diagnosed HIV positive? And then the second part would be, what would you say to somebody who is debating on going through a transition or, or feels that they are transgender and are looking for support? Um, okay. Well, to someone who's newly diagnosed, the first thing I would say is breathe. I know for myself that was one of the hardest things to remember because everything is new and overwhelming, dealing with doctors, dealing with appointments, dealing with meds if you're on them. So I think remembering to breathe and know that it's going to not be as scary as it seems after a while, even though it certainly will seem really scary for a while. Um, And for someone who's working through their transgender potential issues, um, for lack of a better way to phrase that, I think the most important thing to do is reach out and seek some sort of help and support. Um, And that can take many different forms, um, be it going to a therapist or a counselor or a community group or even your friends who might be able to help you. Um, I think reaching out and talking about your experiences and your feelings openly is is the key to figuring out what's going to be the right choice for you because being transgender does not have one single definition. There is no right way to be a trans person and one trans person who's done one thing is not inherently better or worse than another who has or hasn't done it. Um, You know, having surgery, taking hormones doesn't make you more of a trans person than another trans person who chooses not to or who can't. So I think it's really important to remember to just talk and communicate and be open about what's going on because if you hope to figure out what's the right choice for you, that's the only way you're going to get there, at least in my experience. Is there a website that people who are um, transgender or are considering that can go to where you would suggest for them to find information? Um, I unfortunately cannot think of anything right off the top of my head. Um, There's a lot of really good resources out there on the Internet. Um, I know there's the International Center for Transgender Excellence, I believe is their name, out in Oakland, California, or the Center for Transgender Excellence. I'm not 100% certain on their name. I apologize. Um, They're a wonderful resource. I know a lot of the uh, people who work there or um, who work there, rather, and they they have some really good resources. Um, I know here in Boston we have a program called Transcend, um, which is a part of AIDS Action of Massachusetts, 
and they have a website with some really informative information for people here in Massachusetts mostly. Um, and they, and a Google search will really come up with a lot of good it can come up with a lot of really good opportunities. Um or yeah, sorry. <laughs> No, no, that's fine. Well, Dee, I want to thank you so much for hanging out with us for the hour, sharing your story, and being a, a bold crusader for, for other people who may not have the voice. Oh, well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and to get to talk with you. I've enjoyed your program for a long while, and it's really an honor to be to get to be one of the guests now. You are well, now one of the Paz I Am family. Oh, yeah. do I get a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, sure, we'll get you a shirt. Oh, hey, girl, hey. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, just we'll 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 uh, yeah. does it have to? We'll send you a shirt. <laughs> All right, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to say pause I am on it, but it's certainly going to um, be a shirt. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. no, I, I I was just kidding. But I appreciate the app. <laughs> we'll work on that for you, Dee. Yeah, we'll work on that for you. I was going to say, one of these days you guys will get one. So. Yeah. Exactly. One of these days. Well, well, thanks again for coming on tonight, Dee, and, and, and we'll direct people to your Facebook and Twitter um, um, after the show. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a, Have great a good night. night honey. Bye. And for more information on Dee Borrego, you can follow her on Facebook or you can follow her on Twitter, and her Twitter handle is at Devara, D-E-V-A-R-A-H. So go follow her and um, you know, see what she has to say. What a great show, Jeremy. Oh, it was – I can't believe the hour flew by so fast. And it always fly by so fast. Not always. It always – depending on the guest, but usually when we have a good <laughs> guest, it, it flies by fast. <laughs> Exactly, it just flew by. <laughs> right, so I just want to remind people that next week we will be speaking with uh, Jeff Berry, who is editor of Positively Wear magazine, and who will be coming on to talk about A Day with HIV, which is a campaign every September 21st where you take a snapshot photo and send it in. Um, he was on last year, and this year they're actually making it international. So now it's just called A Day with HIV, where last year and the year before it was A Day with HIV in America. So that's definitely something you don't want to miss, and I'm kind of excited. How about you, Jeremy? I think I'm thrilled. Yeah, so we'll be speaking with Jeff next week. And for more information on Jeremy Dunn, you can go to PositivelySpeaking.com. More information on myself and the radio show and past guests, you can go to POSIM.com. Jeremy, you have yourself a great night. You know what? You have yourself a great night as well. Have a great week. Yes, thanks, everyone. Have a good night. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS.